0: Hey, it's so good to be here with you on this Labor Day weekend and excited like Pastor Joel said to conclude our priorities message series we've been in for several weeks now where we, really the whole idea of this is just to learn what are the things that God wants us to prioritize in our lives and how can we introduce those things and make them priorities in our own and we're going to close that out today. Let me just let me just start off by saying that man, preparing and getting ready for for today's message and for day, today's topic I'll put it this way. I'm preaching to myself today. All right, this has been a challenging topic. This has been a convicting topic. And I love the fact that we're closing out with this topic today because I think that it's one of those things that we often, especially as Christians, uh, that we don't often see as a priority. And we don't often see it as one of God's priorities for our lives. And it kind of flies under the radar. And to be honest, if you're like me, we don't do a very good job of prioritizing today's topic. And so I'm excited about Um, sharing it with you today. And, you know, I get to work as the the college and young adult pastor and get to hang out with young people all the time. I love getting to do that. And so I'll ask them often when I see them, you know, the question that we all ask people, hey, how are you? How how was your week? You want to know one of the answers that I get more often than any other answer, even from young people. When I say, how was your week? Or how are you doing? They tell me, I'm tired. I'm tired. Right? I'm, I'm just worn out. I'm tired. And I'm like, come on, man, you're you're 19 years old. Like, you don't know about tired yet. Like, how can you be tired? And, but but can, can we just do a quick survey show of hands? Anybody tired in the room today? It's all right. Anybody tired? Yeah. Anybody tired? Or, or you, know, you know, one of the other answers that we often get, and, and as we get older in life, we, we're, we get good about answering with this one. Hey, how was your week? It was busy. It was busy. Right? I got a lot going on. And, and in fact, our, our, our culture and our nation today, we, especially in America, we've turned being busy, we turn busyness into almost this badge of honor that we wear proudly. Like It's almost like, hey, how, how, how's it going this week? Or how's your week? Got, I'm busy, got a lot going on, but it's good. I got a lot going on. In other words, man, I'm a part of a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of people are depending on me. I got a lot of things happening right now. I'm really important, and so I got a lot of things going. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And I guarantee you, nine times out of 10, if you ask somebody how they're doing, even in the lobbies this morning, they probably give you form of that one of those answers. I'm busy, I'm tired. And can I just tell you, church, this is not just a problem here in Las Cruces. This this is especially in our country. this this, this problem of being tired. Overworked, busy, maxed-out schedules—it's happening all over the country. I found a recent study that surveyed a couple of thousand American workers, and I thought the results were interesting. I wanted to share them with you today. That this study found that the average American in that report—they reported having less than half an hour of free time per week, not per day, less than thirty minutes per week that they have to themselves with no responsibilities, just free time. 25% of the people who were surveyed said that they were too busy to go to their regularly scheduled doctor's appointment. Like, I, I just, I don't got time. I don't get time to go to the doctor. I know I got an appointment. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Here's what they found. The average American has 14 things on their to-do list That they're putting off. Anybody relate to that one right there? Like I got my to-do list and I got 14 things on it that I'm not even doing because I'm putting them off because I got other things to do. That's what they found. And then I thought this last one was sad that they found only 45% of the American surveyed, less than half of them use their paid vacation time from their employer, less than half. And then of that 45%, 41% of them are checking in on work things often during their vacation time off. We're busy, we're busy. We got lots going on, we got lots to do, we got lots to be a part of. And, and many of us find ourselves today working insane hours under intense pressure with little to no rest. And it's a problem, it's a problem. And then uh, many of you sitting in this room and watching online with us today, you've been sitting in this message series the last few weeks, and you've heard uh, all of us stand up here and tell you about all the things you're supposed to be prioritizing in your life and how you're supposed to be in a real life group prioritizing community, and you're supposed to be on a crew prioritizing serving, and you're supposed to be doing all these things. And some of you, honestly, have probably been having some anxiety attacks sitting in the service saying, how in the world am I supposed to do all of this? I don't have time for it. I don't have time to be in a small group. I don't have time to serve on a team, how in the world? And can I just tell you, obviously, that's not the point of this message series, was to make you more anxious, more busy, and more tired, but we're prioritizing everything and anything and not the important thing. So what's the answer? What do we do? We're busier than ever, we're, t- we're more tired than ever, we're more stressed out than ever. What do we do today? We're gonna close out by talking about um, a topic that I think is so needed, especially in the church today, Um, In fact, I want everybody to do something for me before we jump into it. I did this with our young adults the other night. On the count of three, I want everybody to just take a deep breath. You Ready, one, two, three. Now let it out. I feel good. Today, we're gonna be talking about prioritizing rest. Kingdom rest. I got one person excited about resting, that's good. (laughs) By the end of today, everybody's gonna be excited about resting. What is God's solution It's rest. He built us and designed us, and he has a principle and a promise for rest in his word. And the the thing that God has built in to give us and help us prioritize rest is something called the Sabbath, the Sabbath, all right? And we're going to talk about God's rest through the Sabbath today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready to learn about some rest. All right, now look at the person on the other side who was your second choice and say, you look like you could use some rest today. Let's look at at the Sabbath. Let's look at the Sabbath. What is it? It's a a fun church word. It's a a good uh, Bible word. The Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and literally it means to cease, to stop. Shabbat to Sabbath is just to cease. And and a lot of us may be familiar with the idea of the Sabbath from the Ten Commandments, right? next Exodus chapter 20, it's one of the ten commandments that God gives us. But did you know, and where we're gonna start out today, did you know that the Ten Commandments were not the first time that God introduced this idea of the Sabbath to his people? In fact, you have to you back up a few chapters from the Ten Commandments. You look at Exodus chapter 16 and that's where God began to introduce and really, really first shared this command with his people of the Sabbath to rest, a day of rest. And it was when they were in the wilderness, they had just left Egypt. God had delivered them through the 10 plagues of Egypt and out through the Passover. They're on their way to Mount Sinai where they're going to receive all the commandments and the laws from God. But in the, in, on the way in the wilderness, they get tired, they get hungry, they're running out of food, they're worried, and God begins to provide for them manna from heaven, bread from heaven, right? You remember that story? He begins to provide for them in the wilderness, and it's in the middle of that story where God first introduces this idea to his people. Let's look at it, Exodus chapter 16. As they're in the wilderness, he said to them, "'This is what the Lord commanded. "'Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, "'a holy Sabbath to the Lord.'" So, bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So, they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it because earlier in the first six days, if they tried to save leftovers from the day before, they would wake up the next morning, it'd be rotten, it would be spoiled, it'd be bad, but not on this day. On the Sabbath day, God allowed it to be preserved and kept. And so eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. This is important, we will come back to this later. Six days, you are to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, There will not be any. Nevertheless, of course, some of the people went out on the seventh day. Of course they did to gather it. But surprise, surprise, they didn't find any. And then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. And that is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day, the Sabbath, the seventh day of rest. It was God's answer to the people. It was God's opportunity to provide for them. And I think for you and I today, it's still God's answer and always has been God's solution to our hurried, hectic, busy, nonstop lifestyle. He instituted this idea of setting aside one day out of our week to rest, and I think there's a few things that we can, you and I, can still learn today from this passage of scripture about the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? Let's talk. I'm going to give you three things today. If you're a note taker, write this one down. It's number one. If you're not a note taker, go ahead and write this one down. All right. Number one, you can number it on there. Here, what is the Sabbath? Number one, the Sabbath is a command. It's a command. Remember how that scripture opened, it said, This is what the Lord commanded. In other words, it's not a suggestion. It's not, hey, I want you to take this day of rest if your schedule allows it this week. Hey, I want you to, to take that day off if you have time. Hey, hey, as long as it's not a busy week for you, I want you to say, no, it's a command that God gives us. In other words, God is serious about it. It's a big deal to God. The Sabbath day is a big deal. It says that he set it apart. He made it holy. It's a big deal to God. In fact, like we said earlier, uh, most of us are familiar with it from the passage of the Ten Commandments. It's one of the ten. It's number four on the list. It's a big deal. Like it's right alongside the other ones. Let's check it out. Exodus chapter 20. Here's the Ten Commandments. We're right in the middle of it. Number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, making it special, setting it apart. And then we get some instruction. Six days you shall labor, do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, like nobody's supposed to be working, nor the foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day, and therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it. Holy. It's a big deal to God. You know, there's more said about that commandment than any of the other ten. It's a big deal to him. And he commands us to honor it, observe it, make it holy and set apart. That's why he modeled it for us in those acts of creations. For six days he worked and labored and created, but on the seventh day, he rested. Did you ever think about the fact that God didn't need to rest? He's God. He doesn't get tired, he doesn't run out of energy, he doesn't get worn out or stressed. He's God. And yet he chose to rest. He wanted to model it for us because it's a big deal to him. It's important to him. That day is important. Let's remember that this command to rest one day a week sits right right alongside the other 10 commandments like do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery, don't have any other gods before me and follow them, right? Like, Like we, especially as Christians, man, we would never think about breaking any of those other commands. Why is it? that this one is so often forgotten and looked over for us. We would never think about murdering somebody or stealing. And yet the Sabbath is so easy for us to just disregard. It's a command. It's a command from God and we are to obey it. That's the first thing that we need to understand about the Sabbath. The second one is this, number two, from that passage we can understand that the Sabbath, it's a test. Beyond being a command, it's a test for us. And here's the test. The test is who are you going to put your trust in? And God is giving us this Sabbath, as a te- this Sabbath command as a test to us, asking the question, who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust in yourselves? Are you going to trust in God Almighty? Let me, let me put it this way. The test is this. The question is, who is, who is your provider? It, who is my provider? Is it, it, is it my job and my employer who gives me a paycheck? Or is my provider God Almighty, the giver of all good things? The, the test is, um, is, is where does my strength come from? Does it come from within me and what I can bring to the table or does it come from God who is the sustainer and author of life or, or who is in control? Is God in control? Is he really in control? Do I trust that or am I holding tight to every aspect of my life and my schedule because I think that it all depends on me and it's all up to me? Notice in that passage we read that God told them to collect enough on the sixth day for two days. Like he said, go out on the sixth day, take enough for that seventh day because what he said was when you go out on the seventh day, you're not going to find it in the field. In other words, what God was saying in that moment is you can try, you can go out on that seventh day, that day that's supposed to be a Sabbath and set apart and holy to me, you can try and you can work and you can labor and you can search and you can do everything in your own strength. But guess what? I'm not providing for you on that day. I've already provided for you on the six days before. I gave you enough on day six to get you through day seven, so I'm not gonna be there. And you can try and you can work on that seventh day, but if you go out on that day, you're doing it without me. Do we trust God enough to work even when we're not? Do we trust him enough to provide when we're not providing for ourselves when we're not doing it in our own strength? I think about it this way. Do I trust God enough with my company to to understand and realize that the success and the future of my company and my business does not just rest on me, but that God actually has a hand in this? And so it's okay for me to step away and allow God to work while I'm not. Do I trust God that that he is in that the future of my family is not just squarely resting on my shoulders, but that I can trust him with it as well. I don't have to do it all in my own strength. You know, the last couple of weeks Pastor Roy did an incredible job of of helping us to prioritize things like kingdom finances and kingdom giving and he talked about an important principle in God's word about tithing, about the tithe, that it's the first 10% that we return to God. And he mentioned this idea that, that math in the kingdom of God doesn't always add up for us. And that the whole principle of the tithe is that I give God 10%, so now I only have 90% of my income, but that 90% I can do more with because it's blessed by God than I can do with 100% that's not blessed by God. Well, the same thing applies for the Sabbath The Sabbath is to time what tithing is to money. And it's a test that I trust God that that I can actually be more productive in six days with God's blessing and favor on my life than I could be in seven days without him and without his blessing. He provides a double portion on that sixth day for his people to take care of the seventh day. And do I trust that's the test. Do I trust that he can do the same thing in my life, that he can multiply my efforts over six days so that I can still be productive through the seventh day? It's a Sabbath to the Lord. Like the tithe belongs to the Lord. The Sabbath belongs to the Lord. It's like an offering that we give up to him when we honor and we, and we observe that Sabbath day and then we allow him to bless our, and multiply our efforts. And now I was convicted of this, even just this past week, working on this message, these notes, what we're doing right now, I, I felt the temptation that I wasn't gonna have enough time that I was going to have to work on this every day, that I was going to have to pray. And, and I felt it. I already felt the temptation. God, I know that that's my Sabbath, but, but, but I, I just, I, I'm going to have to do something that day. And I began to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help me. God, multiply my efforts right now because I want to be able to give you, I want to be able to give you that day. And can I tell you, he did that even this week, but it's not always easy. It's a test for us. Are we going to trust him? And, and the easy example to point to, to this is, uh, I love the Chick-fil-A restaurants, right? We, we all love Chick-fil-A and, and they're closed on Sundays all across our country. And, and somehow all across our nation, Chick-fil-A year after year continues uh, to outperform their competitors in the fast food industry. So despite being open an entire day less, Per week, Think about it, 52 weeks in a year. That's 52 less days a year that they're bringing in revenue. And yet somehow, restaurant by restaurant, they continue to outperform, bring in more revenue, make more sales per restaurant than any other fast food company in the industry. How, how is that possible? Because God can do more in six days than we can do in seven without him. The Sabbath is a, it's a test. Do you trust God? To stop and rest. Do you trust that his will can still be done even while you're resting? The last, the third thing is this: the Sabbath is not just a command, it's not just a test. But one thing that we notice from that passage of scripture in Exodus 16 is that the Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift. Like it's something, remember, it said, bear in mind, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. In other words, it's something, it's not just something that we're supposed to do, it's something for us. God has given it to us, he's blessed us with it. It's something for our good, he's given it to us to help us because he knew that we'd need it. Because he knew that you and I, were not gonna slow down. He he knew that you and I, if left to our own devices, we would try and do it all in our own strength and we would keep pushing and pushing and pushing and so he gave us this gift. He knew that we would need it. Think about it. Even in the very beginning, God has been showing us this and helping us understand this is a gift that we should prioritize. Remember in that Genesis creation account we talked about, God God created the world and all that was in it in six days. And on the sixth day, he created mankind, the culmination of his creation. And he placed them on and over the earth on, on that day six. And then on day seven, their first day, their first full day in existence, what happened? Rest. From the very beginning, uh, I create you on day six, day seven we're resting. He was teaching us to prioritize this gift that he's given us. It's something that he has for you and for me and we have to learn to observe it, to receive it and prioritize it. You know, Jesus said it this way. He was challenged by uh, the religious leaders of his day on how he was observing the Sabbath. You see, they had taken the Sabbath command and they had, turned it in, they, had, they had turned it into a device of their own making over the years and centuries. And they had added all of these rules and definitions about what was work and what was not work and what you were allowed to do and what you weren't allowed to do. And, and, and they, had, they placed all these rules around the Sabbath day to the, to the point where it had become a burden to people. Like you would wake up on the Sabbath day and you would be, you would dread it because you knew that all day long you were gonna have to remember and pay attention to, and make sure that you were not doing something that you were not supposed to do and accidentally work on that day. And it had become a burden. And Jesus said, guys, you're missing it. It's not about, it's not about that. And and, and the religious leaders challenged him on it. And that's how he answered them in Mark chapter two. Here's here was his words and his thoughts on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, guys, the Sabbath was made for you. It was made for man, not the other way around. Not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is something that God gave for you. It's a gift for you. And, and you can't, you're getting too caught up in how you're supposed to do this thing instead of just receiving it as a gift. It is something for us. He gave it to us and commanded it to us because it's for our good. And so let me just let me just pause right here and say, don't ever apologize for resting. Okay. Especially in our culture. Like I said, we've turned, look, busyness is not a badge of honor. It's a ticking time bomb in your life. Don't ever, and we're almost, you almost look down, you almost feel bad about yourself for taking some time off, for stepping away because you, there's always gonna be somebody else out there who's still working, who's not taking those vacation days, who's not going home early that day, who's not, there's always somebody pushing and we get caught up in this game of, of having to keep up with everybody to the point where we feel bad about resting. Can we just break that tonight or today? Can we just, can we just leave that behind? Don't ever feel bad and apologize for resting, receive the gift that God has for you of the Sabbath, a day off each week and learn to practice it. It's not a burden, it's for our benefit. So that's, that's what the Sabbath is. Then the question rises where we're going to spend the rest of our time today is how do we do it then? Like, what does it look like to Sabbath? What does the Sabbath day look like in my life? Like Caleb, is it supposed to be a certain day? every week that that I'm supposed to do this? Am I supposed to do certain things? Like, am I supposed to just get up and sit in my chair and read my Bible all day? Like, am I supposed to get on my knees and pray all day? Is that what the Sabbath is? What do I do? What does it look like? I wanna share with you some practical things, but let me start here. A friend and a mentor of mine once uh, helped define the Sabbath day and he put it to me this way, and I thought this was so, so good. He said, a Sabbath is a full day, 24 hours, where you're not trying to further your cause. Like your cause, like especially related to your work. A full day, I think of it as a full day when I'm not focused on producing. I'm not focused on what I can do and what I can produce. If I can have 24 hours where that's not my focus, That's a Sabbath. It's a day, uh, it's really an identity check day for me. It's the day where I leave behind my title of what I do and instead I retake my identity of who I am. On that day, on that Sabbath day, I'm no longer the young adult pastor at Real Life Church, but, but I take up my, I leave behind that title. I take up my identity. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a son to my heavenly father on that day. It's when I leave behind, it's not about what I can do, It's just about who I am on the Sabbath. And for most people, this day ends up being Sunday, right? It's just kind of, it's built into our culture that Sunday tends to be a weekend day where you probably don't have to work and we even have it designated as the Lord's Day where we have church services and, and that's a good thing. And you go to church and maybe Sunday is considered your Sabbath. That is a good thing, but let me just stop right here and say you can go to a church service on a Sunday and never observe a true Sabbath. You can come and you can get dressed up and you can worship and you can listen to God's word. You can even say hello to a few people in the lobby on your way out and you can miss, you can miss the Sabbath because it's not just the Sabbath hour, it's the Sabbath day. And if you go home after church today and you immediately, maybe have lunch with your family and then then you go right back to work because you got to get ready because Monday's coming. You got to set up your week and you got to get things in order and laid out because you got lots to do this week. Can I tell you, you missed it. We missed it, we miss the Sabbath. It's 24 hours, a 24 hour period where you can cease. You know, for most pastors, Sunday is not the Sabbath. Like it it can't be, this is a work day for us. In fact, this is probably one of the most taxing days of the week for us. And so we have to find other days in the week to place the Sabbath on. For me, it's Fridays. Fridays are, are my Sabbath day. That's the day where I cease and I stop. And man, I love, I love Fridays. I look forward to Fridays. It's not because that, that I'm not fulfilled in what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. And because I'm so fulfilled, I want to keep doing it. But Fridays are the day where I'm reminded every week, step out of that title, get back into being a son, a dad, a husband, unplug, cease, stop worrying about producing and just be, just be in God's presence. That, that's the Sabbath for me. And so whether it's Sunday or whether it's another day, then what do I do? What do I do during that 24-hour period? What do I do during my Sabbath? You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was out in my yard and I was cutting grass uh, on my riding lawnmower, ride And, and as, right, right before I get finished, the engine began to sputter and, and, and stutter and kind of jerk. And what was happening? I was running out of gas, right? And I would like to tell you, stand up here and tell you that I pulled over, drove, over, drove it over to the shed, stopped, shut it down, got the gas tank gas can out, filled it up, and then went back and finished. But y'all know that's not what I did, right? Because that's not what any of us ever do. No, when, when it began to sputter and stutter, my first thought was, man, I'm almost done. If I can just push a little bit more. And then, and in fact, instead of going and, and stopping, I pushed the pedal down even faster. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Let's finish this. I'm almost done. And of course, what happened? I didn't finish. I ran out of gas right there in the middle of my yard. And now I'm doing the walk of shame, pushing my lawnmower back over to 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 the shed to fill it back up with gas and my grass still isn't finished being cut right can i just tell you can i can i just get real with you today some of you in this room some of you watching online your life is running on fumes you're running on fumes your tank is empty and instead of pulling over and resting we're pushing it and we're pushing it, just a little bit more i just if i can just keep going for a few more days if i can just get through this week how many of you have ever said that before Just a little bit more. If I can just push, then I know I can do this. Can I tell you, we can't do this. You're running on fumes. The Sabbath day is a day for you to pull over, to rest, and to refuel your tanks. I got this idea from... um, from Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway Church. He wrote a book called Take a Day Off. I love it, I recommend it. You should pick it up and read it um, at some point over the next few weeks. But he he talks about this idea that our lives have four different fuel tanks in them. We've got a physical tank, a mental tank, emotional and spiritual. And the Sabbath day is a day where we stop, we pull over and we do things that are gonna refuel those four tanks. And so that's what I wanna finish out with today, giving you some practical ways to refuel those four tanks for you. The Sabbath, you rest and refuel. Let's start with the first one, your physical tank. That's where we're gonna start today. How do I refuel my physical tank? It's real simple. Rest your body. Rest your body. Man, for some of you in this room, the most spiritual thing that you can do today is to go home and take a nap. Can I get an amen from anybody out there in the church, right? Like the most godly thing you can do, go take you a nap this afternoon, right? Your pastor's telling you to do it. You got permission, go take you a nap. But if you thought about this, God could have created us to not need sleep. He could have created our bodies to just be able to keep going and going and going, but he didn't. He intentionally created our bodies to need and require rest and sleep. And when we don't get it, our bodies actually begin to give off uh, signals that we gotta stop. We gotta stop or something's gonna happen. But if you're like me, most of the time, We ignore those signals, and we just keep pushing, and we just keep pushing. You know, I I have this one first for a reason as the physical tank, because honestly, if you don't start here, you're not going to be effective in doing any of the other things on your Sabbath day, or really any day of the week. Um, You know, proper sleep is not just a a biblical thing. It's, I mean, you look at any study in science about the, the benefits of getting Enough and proper sleep and rest each and every night. And we all know the, we all know these things are good. We just don't do them. But getting enough sleep helps helps to give you a stronger immune system so that you get sick less often. It helps improve uh, your cognitive function so that you can think more clearly and you can make those tough decisions that you're having to make at work and in your home every day. Enough sleep helps you to maintain a healthy weight. It helps you to reduce stress in your life. It helps improve your mood and your emotional state so you can interact with people in a healthy way. All of these things, why? Because God designed us that way. He designed us to need rest and to sleep and our bodies to do it. But so many of us are not doing that. So on your Sabbath this week, I want you to do this. I want you to find ways to rest your body. Rest your body and fill that physical tank. And it's not just sleep. Man, for some of you, uh, for some of us, the most restful and re-energizing things we can do physically, get outside, go for a walk, maybe go to the gym, exercise, maybe do a little gardening, work out in the yard, whatever it is, Find what helps you rest your body and do it on your Sabbath. The second tank after the physical is your mental tank. How do we refuel that mental tank? We gotta renew our minds. Renew your minds. In other words, do something that's gonna stimulate your mind that has nothing to do with your work this week. Like find you a good book and read it for for a little while just because it's a good book. Right? Like it has nothing to do, when's the last time you did that? Just read a book for pleasure. Just enjoyed something that got you thinking and got you uh, you enjoying something in your life mentally. Uh, Here's another way you can renew your mind. Unplug a little bit this week on your Sabbath. Like when's the last time, and yes, I'm going to go here today. When's the last time you turned your phone off? Like turned it all the way off? and then left it there for a little while. When's the last time you left your phone in another room? All right, and not by accident, like on, on purpose, because I know some of you, when you accidentally leave your phone in the other room and, and, and all of a sudden you reach down and you don't feel it and you, you're feeling that, you, anybody get that phantom buzz? Like it feels like your phone's buzzing in your pocket and you, oh my gosh, it's not here. And you, you're frantic and you're searching for it. And when's the last time you purposefully left it in another room, like for a couple of hours? Like when, when you need to make yourself mentally unavailable to the people outside of your home for, for just a little while at least on that Sabbath day. Unplug, seek out, how about this? Seek out some silence to renew your mind. When's the last time you enjoyed, we, we, we've, we've, we've grown so uncomfortable with silence that we, man, we actively seek for ways to fill those moments, See, some of you got uncomfortable right there, like you're just just with a few seconds of silence. But man, can I tell you, it's in the silence and the stillness that oftentimes that's where we hear God's voice the loudest and the clearest. Let me say it this way. God is trying to speak to you and me. He is speaking, but so often we don't hear him because of all the other noise that's drowning it out. So what can you do on your Sabbath day to renew your mind by seeking seek some places and some moments of silence and stillness and quietness so that you can tune in to what God is saying and hear from him on your Sabbath day. For me, for me this is this is I, I love this. On Fridays, this this place of stillness and silence is found on my tractor, all right? We got a couple of pecan trees around our house. And we have a little tractor that, that we, I used to just maintain the grounds there. And, and, and can I tell you, my fa- some of my favorite moments, some of the places that, and times that I hear from God the clearest are sitting on that tractor because there's no other distractions. My mind is completely unplugged, disconnected from everything else so that I can hear from him. I have some of my best prayer times. I have some of my clearest thoughts, some of the most creative ideas that I can bring back to the table at work. Come from those moments of stillness and silence. Seek it out during your Sabbath. We're gonna fill our physical tank. We're gonna fill our emotional tank, and then num- our, our mental tank. And then number three, we're gonna fill that emotional tank. How do we do that? You gotta recharge your emotions. You gotta recharge them. You gotta recharge them. They're being drained every single week, every single day. Sometimes every single conversation that you have at work and unfortunately, what happens is our, emotions get, our emotional tank gets drained and emptied all day long. And then what do we do? We go home and, and, and when our emotional tank is on fumes, that's when we come and interact with our family. And we wonder why we're grumpy, we're angry. Our kids don't like us. Our spouse is mad at us all the time. We gotta find ways to recharge emotional tank and God's giving you the Sabbath day to do it. Here's how how I want you to do this. On your Sabbath, I want you to spend time with people that you love and who bring joy into your life. Like I'm giving you permission, be picky about the people that you spend time with on your Sabbath day. You know, for me, I remember well, uh, about 10 years ago when I was in grad school and, uh, and Becca and I had just gotten married. And right before we were married, I was, we were living here. And I remember seeing this modeled and, and, and really experiencing this so well with her family, with her mom and dad and her two younger brothers. Man, Sunday was the Sabbath day. In the house and and we would all get up and we would go to church together and we would serve together at church even. And then we'd come home and come on, we'd eat lunch together, right? We'd have a good meal. And then can I tell you, Sunday afternoon at the Reyes home back then, it was like a, it was, I mean, it was a dead zone. Like there was, you couldn't find anybody. Everybody was napping in that house. The dog was napping. The flies were napping. Like everybody was taking a nap. You can, it, it was, it was empty there. And then we'd all wake up and come on, we'd eat again, right? Like Dinner, we'd enjoy some good food together. And then every Sunday night at 6 30, I knew that I had an appointment to be somewhere. It wasn't an official appointment, but it was an understood appointment that every Sunday night at 6 30, I was going to be on the couch. And on the couch next to me across the room, Becca's dad was going to be there because we had an appointment with Sunday Night Football. Come on, can I get an amen for Sunday Night Football? Anybody. It didn't matter what teams were playing, it didn't matter what was happening. We were gonna be there. You know why? Because it was a time for us to spend time together, to be with people that we loved, that filled us up, that helped us. That it, we were, we were. I was recharging. My emotional tank was being refueled on those nights. I want you to do that. Be intentional about spending time, Schedule time to spend with your family on the Sabbath day. And then lastly, we'll close here, the spiritual tank. How do we refuel the spiritual tank. The Sabbath is a day for you to refresh your spirit. Refresh your spirit. It is a day that's dedicated to the Lord. It's a day that's set aside in holy time. So, 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 what I want you to do is make time to spend time in God's presence on that day. Make time for God that day. And hey, if it's Sunday, you're doing it. You go to church, worship together, learn from God's word, fellowship with other believers. That can be part of it. But then, but then, spend a few extra minutes in God's word on your Sabbath. Spend a few extra minutes in prayer, in conversation with God on your Sabbath. Seek his presence all day long on that day, because here's what God tells us in Exodus 33. He gives us this promise. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And when my presence is with you, I will give you, everybody say this last word, rest. When my presence is with you, I can give you actual rest. You want true rest? and seek the presence of God on your Sabbath day, all day long. So it's a command, are we gonna obey? It's a test, are we gonna trust that God is good enough to provide for us and multiply our efforts? Are we gonna receive the gift that he's trying so hard to give to each and every one of us? Slow down, stop, cease, rest, trust me. Are we gonna do things, are we gonna refuel those tanks? Are we gonna gonna take us a nap and rest? We're gonna spend time with the people that we love. Or are we gonna we're we gonna seek out some some silence and unplug and disconnect, make ourselves unavailable to the outside world, and we're gonna seek his presence on that day. If you do that on your Sabbath, do it this week. Do it today, if today's your Sabbath. Do it and watch God bless your life, multiply your efforts, and experience his presence like you never have before. He's gonna give you rest. He wants to give it to you today. I'll close with with a, a few words from Jesus that I believe that he's, he wants to speak to us today. You know, a, a few months ago, I, w- I was struggling. I, I was I was stressed, I was tired, I was worn out. I, w- I was running on fumes, I really was. And, and it was in a moment of worship and prayer and God's presence that, that he spoke to me. And he spoke to me through this scripture. I believe that Jesus was speaking it to me that day. And I believe he's speaking it to all of us today right now. Look at his words in Matthew chapter 11. This is what Jesus is saying to you. It's an invitation to rest. Come to me. All you are weary and burdened. Maybe some of you in this room feel like those two words. And I will give you rest. He wants to give it to you today. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is easy is light. Jesus is speaking that over our lives today and he's inviting you, come in and find rest. I've got it for you, I've got a gift for you, but I need you to trust me, I need you to trust me. Real rest comes from Jesus and the Sabbath is about ceasing, about stopping, about pushing pause on producing and and getting out of that regular daily grind and getting into God's presence through Jesus Christ. It's about refueling. It's the only way that we're gonna find true rest in Jesus. As we close, I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads and close your eyes. If you've never experienced the rest and refreshing that comes from being in a relationship with Jesus that he's talking about in that scripture we just read, that he's offering to you and inviting you, come to me, come to me, I'm gonna give you rest. You know why he says that? You know why he says, come to me and then I will give you rest? Because it all starts by being in a relationship with your heavenly Father. And Jesus made a way for us to do that Pastor Joel talked about it. We, we remembered it today as we took communion. He came to this earth and he gave his life on the cross to take care of my sin so that I could know, I wouldn't have to be separated from God any longer, but that I could come into a real relationship with him, that I could experience his presence in a real way. And, and in his presence, I can find true rest for my soul, for my body, for my mind, for my spirit. And Jesus says, come to me. He's inviting you and come to me. I wanna give you rest today. If you never experienced it, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. Bible says that, that all we have to do to, to come into a relationship with God is to put our faith in Jesus, to believe in Him and, and what He did and who He said that He was, and then, and then to confess with our mouth, it says in Romans, to, to surrender our lives to Him and make Him Lord of our lives. And if we do that, we can have a relationship with God, we can be in His presence, and Jesus can give us that rest that He promises us today. If you're in this room or you're watching online, you've never done that before, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that, to give your life to Jesus. And here's what's gonna happen. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front or anything like that. But in just a moment, on the count of three, if that's you, if you wanna give your life to Jesus today, I'm gonna ask you to just slip your hand up in the air. Nobody's looking around. And just let me know you wanna be included in that prayer. Ready? Here's, here's 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 your moment. You wanna give your life to Jesus. One, two, three. Anybody in here, just slip your hand in the air. That's awesome, I see those. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, thank you, sir. Or you can put your hands down. If you raised your hand or even if you didn't, but you want to. You, you need that relationship with God, you need that relationship with Jesus, then here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna lead you through a prayer. I want you to say this prayer with me. And there's nothing magical about my words, but it's just a prayer of confession and faith. I'm gonna lead you in today. Say this words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and making a way for me to have a relationship with God. Say, I believe that you rose from the dead to give me new life. I say this, say, I'm sorry for living life my way. Today, Jesus, I surrender to you. I give you the controls of my life. Come and live inside of me. Be Lord of my life and give me rest for my soul. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Now, Heavenly Father, you saw the hands that went up and the hearts that turned to you. And God, we're so thankful for how you've worked in our lives today. And Holy Spirit, would you be our guide and our conviction this week as we go throughout our busy lives and our busy schedules? And and would you help us to stop? Would you help us to cease? Would you help us to find rest in your presence this week? recharge and refuel the tanks of our life so that we can continue to live for you, God. Let your presence go with us and over each and every person in this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good, amen. Come on, can we celebrate what God did today?